Hello and welcome back to Modern Animism. In the last podcast I spoke about altruism theory and this podcast is an addendum to that. We previously mentioned probability theory and Strosinger's theory which produced the famous Strosinger's cat theory in which if you put a radioactive isotope into a box with a cat will the atom follow the classical rules of science or will it follow the rules of quantum theory, i.e. will the cat be dead or alive? But according to quantum theory, the isotope would be both active and inactive simultaneously. And until we as the observers looked into the box, um, at which point the cat would either be dead or alive, he wouldn't die until the point of our observation. The altruism theory is a scaled up version of this quantum theory in which the whole universe only exists because an observer creates the conditions which make the particles follow the rules of what we know as classical science. So it will obey general relativity and gravity and so forth. On the most part, scientists refute altruism theory because it's a human-centric view of the universe that we've been trying to move away since Copernicus had the idea that the sun went round the earth. But there were further issues which needed to be explained and therefore, although I said my next podcast would be about the creation of the universe and why the idea that the universe is creating during the Big Bang has now been proven false, I thought I might do a quick detour to explore the concept of alien life. The altruism theory only promotes the supremacy of the human intellect if you believe that humans are the only being capable of observing and interacting with our universe. I.e. we needed that intellectual input to make the quantum particles conform to classical science. But we wouldn't consider it to be a human concentric theory if we could prove the existence of alien life. Or it wouldn't be human centric if we could prove that it was created by an outside force um, which interacted with our universe before our universe's creation. Um, And this promotes the concept of what we know as intelligent design. But the main issue and the main problem that we're actually focusing in on during this podcast is the idea of time. This is a chicken and egg kind of question. For the universe to be stabilised, it needed to be observed. But to have the universe observed, it therefore needed to be inhabited. So either there was a godlike entity out there observing and creating universes, or it was ascended humans from the future who came back to create a time loop, or the universe was then created through its attachment to other inhabited parts of the multiverses such as alternate worlds where life had already started to exist but then the problem with that last theory is that if life already existed in this alternate universes who pulled the strings that made those other universes start in the first place and thankfully thankfully we're not going to dwell too much on this but there is a solution to the problem of time and it's based upon the fact that time is an illusion 
and time is false and it has lots of problems associated with it. We hear the words that time is relative and this is Einstein's theory. E equals mc squared, relativity kind of science. This isn't any big um, theory to do with quantum particles because time doesn't apply to quantum particles. It doesn't cover quantum materials. Quantum materials can travel through time. And quarks and stuff, they can they can go back into the past, they can leave our universe, they can be anywhere. No, for the algorithm principle to work and to create the stabilization of the universe, we have to have perceived and stabilized the universe, not before the universe came into existence, but before time came into existence. So let us consider this. Light travels at 286,282 miles per second. So the light that we see in our universe has taken a long time to reach us. We see our solar system as it sits currently, specifically the parts that are nearest to us. But if we look further out, out towards the horse head or the hourglass nebula and such, we're looking at gaseous clouds, look at gas that will become a solar system in the future. But we're looking into the past and should we be able to teleport out the hourglass nebula as this precise second is actually existing as a solar system in its own right. It no longer exists as a gaseous cloud. That's what the situation it was in in the past when we were observing it. But if we're in the Horsehead Nebula and we looked out further beyond that, the space where we see nothing, there's nothing but vacant space, we're seeing gaseous clouds. That space we see is vacant, we're seeing too far back into the past, so therefore we're not seeing things developing there. But standing in the Horsehead, we see the proto-galaxies um, instead of these empty spaces. But if we were in the Horsehead Nebula and we turned back to look at the Earth, what do you think we would see? Because our planet and our solar system, when observed from other gaseous clouds, those clouds we were in would be solid, but our solar system would be gaseous. This is known as Einstein's theory of general relativity. Different observers have different measurements concerning time. So things that happen simultaneously are viewed according to the velocity in which they occur. Activity A and activity B, you may perceive them to happen at the same time, but if things are light years apart, it's impossible to perceive space as being infinite, even before it was infinite. We've got this whole inflation of the universe. So what we see here is what is happening within our own time frame. But what we see in the far end of the universe is not happening within our time frame. And this actually implies that we could see the finished product and the big bang the inflation of the universe before it actually occurred. So that implies that we could actually, as humans, have stabilised the whole universe by observing the outside edges of the universe that had yet to be finalised and therefore create the universe in that manner. 
but we can never have stabilised the universe before the universe's existence. The main benefit of the relativity of time and the solar system's relationship to space is that the universe is populated with more solar systems than we can see and perceive. We're only seeing back in time. So in our own time frame, they'll all be out there. The whole universe will be populated with thousands and thousands of solar systems that so we just can't see them. So we wouldn't be seeing any signs of life and we don't see the development of worlds other than our own. But equally, those other worlds may be populated with alien life, have no way of seeing outside of their own time frame, so they have no way of seeing back to Earth. And um, they'd be looking at an empty region of space. There'd be no point in travelling to us. They wouldn't be able to depend on the fact there would be something here when they got here. So in altruism theory, our universe needs to be seen to be stabilised. And this promotes the idea of alternative forms of life but we're separated from these other forms of life by the, by the vagarities of time. So we won't expect to find alien life, but then we don't expect alien life to find us, at least not if it was manifesting in a physical sense. Nor is, is it our expectation that we'll find that aliens will come from another solar system. But it would make us a lot easier to contact and find aliens if we lived outside of our universe. If they were the ones that were starting our universe, then it would be easier for us to communicate with us than it would for us to communicate with our own, within our own universe. And perhaps we might talk about this as being not a physical form of communication um, or non-linear, but it might need not to have a reference to time and space. It might be on a quantum level. However, the idea that time is only relative to a planet, that we're sucked into cycles of time, reverts us to thinking about Darwinian evolution. And I don't want to fall down that wormhole this evening, but if we're really trapped in a circle of time, it might actually devalue the idea that we've evolved from animals. And obviously that's against animist think thinking. All objects within our solar system, within our, within our universe, are formed from the same objects and they have the same value. And everything is equal for all life. But regardless of this hiccup, this time-space theory has led us lots of new theories, especially those concerned with extra dimensions. It could be although our time is spatial, there might be other dimensions in which time is not spatial and that is that other dimension that causes the creation of our universe. I hope that explains everything concisely because it's a bit of a difficult topic but what I'm saying really is we're stuck in a material universe we're stuck here because of time we're stuck here because we need to keep observing it for it to keep occurring around us and although it might be a difficult thing to accept or perceive we don't want to accept a theory that suggests that a evolution did not happen or that B, uh, Copernicus' idea that we are the most important planet in the galaxy. Or indeed, humans are the only species that can go about creating the universe. And I know that this podcast is just a quick diversion. Um, so my next podcast, I'm going to look back at the creation of the universe. 
and why scientists have now devalued the concept of the Big Bang in favour of inflation theory. And so thank you for listening. And I've been your podcast host, Sarah Jane.